Okay, so this is the late call for the August 23, our final 2023, our final installment in the um, graduates month. Like, let's delve into other themes of things that I've been coached on. Um, and so today we're talking about naturally healthy relationships. And yeah, this topic, like of all the coaching that I've done, the one that the coaching that's had the most positive impact on my life and my quality of life and my experience of my life was working with a marriage coach and working with, um, yeah, like doing this work on improving my relationships. And so today we're going to talk about like, first of all, like why relationships matter, of course. And then we're going to delve into, I've just like broken it down to 12 lessons from my marriage coach and and at the end, if you've got any questions or coaching, we can um, jump into that That then. Uh, yeah, so but I guess the one thing I wanted to start this with is that, like, like this is quite personal stuff, and I was like, oh, how much do I share? <laughs> share? But I, um, so, yeah, I just would, like, just, yeah, appreciate that, you know, obviously I'm not going to be, I'm sharing it with you guys here as part of the Naturally Healthy Club, but this isn't, like, stuff that I would be just, you know, randomly sharing on the internet. Um, so it is like, yeah, personal, personal, but I think because it's helped me so much to be open and real about this in the coaching container that I was in, I thought I would bring that to this, um, to this training as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive in and, uh, yes, but before we do that new, in terms of news, um, so I've created two calendars for, um, one for the staying actually healthy for the graduates group and one for the September 2023 Naturally Healthy Club group and I put them in the, the I'll put the links to those in the emails I'll put them with the replay as well but just this new calendar technology is so cool because then you can just subscribe to the calendar and follow the calendar and then it all appears in your inbox in your in your calendar and so as I add in calls or if I ever change anything the updates come through to your calendar and it's got the zoom link so it's all there so um, we're going to continue. So with the like moving forward with the staying naturally healthy group, we're going to continue uh, just having one or well, two sessions, but one like call a month for that. And uh, and what I'm going to do is it's, I'm going to start running it a little bit differently. Where we because I've been doing some work with uh, uh, she actually is a hormone coach, but uh, she's also really big on um, productivity and goals. And just has, so I've been working with a coach on setting like quarterly goals and it's been really fun to do that. So I wanted to experiment with bringing that into the graduates group where we um, like each season have a goal, like a three month goal that we're working on any day goal that we're working on. And the cool thing is like we follow the same process for the goals However, like everyone can have different goals that they're working on. And so this way, because when I think like when you start the Naturally Healthy Club, we all have like the, the, everyone comes in with similar goals in terms of like changing their relationship with food and their weight. But once we've, you've been in for a while, then you know, there can be more nuance to it. And so this is going to give everyone opportunity to figure out what you, like what's going to be the most impactful for you to work on. And then you can, like, yeah, like have your 90 day goal, work on one thing you might, and then you move on to another thing. And so it's going to be more like what you getting, what you like this idea of getting what you need exactly when you need it. And so our first, um, so to our September call for that is going to be around, it's the 14th of September or the 13th, depending on where you are in the world. And so I just want you to like, in terms of prepping for that, just want you to start thinking about like for spring or for autumn, depending on where you are. Like, what do you want? Like, what would be a really fun thing for you to achieve? And no pressure, like, um, I'll share the goals process when we have that that call. But just now, if you could just start thinking, oh, what would my, what, what would I really, like, what would be really fun for my, like, for my, for my, um, to work on over that, that season? And I've already decided my goal is going to be to improve my eyesight. So it could be anything about to do with your health. And I will post a link of, uh, I'll, put, I'll post a resource of like a list of ideas to get you thinking about what your goal might be. Uh, but yeah, so just wanted to give you guys a heads up that that's 
that's coming and just start playing around with that possibility of what, oh, what would be fun for me to work on? Um, so that's coming. And then in other news, the post of the week, this prize this week was for Leslie and she'd posted maintaining while busy and stressed, busy in capital all caps and stressed in all caps. And she said, tell me when free today um, is that I've been really busy and having time for proper meals has been slipping. However, I have been able to still do well when I sit down and have dinner, especially when going out to restaurants known for large portion sizes and really special dining. I just had no urge to overeat in that situation, which is a tiny win. So yeah, celebrating Leslie noticing that and celebrating Leslie posting in the group. And the other thing I want to really focus on for the Staying Naturally Healthy group and for both and the Naturally Healthy Club as well is this having a culture of celebration, like having a culture where we are sharing in the group our wins because we really do change best when we feel good. And the more we notice progress, the more we share those celebrations, like we, the more we notice it publicly and share it with other people as well, like the more motivated we feel and the more we keep going. So Leslie's just joined us. So just mentioning, Leslie, that you won Post of the Week prize this week. So I yeah encourage you to like keep sharing those tiny wins. Keep just when you notice something, like post in the group. Okay, so let's now delve into the whole relationships piece. So um, yes, so let's first talk about like why relationships matter. And because like there's actually a heap of research where like researchers, quite famous research where researchers have spent like time with people who are on their deathbed and ask them all sorts of sorts of things. And universally, uh, when people get to the end of their lives, nobody wishes they achieved more. Nobody is like regretting that they didn't like work harder or work longer or make more money. The big the number one thing that people regret is not um, prioritizing their relationships and not like really maximizing the connection that they get in this world. And this is really what being human is all about. We hear humans are like wired for connection. It's really part of our um, our humanness, like what's what makes us, it's what makes us human. And um, if you look at the blue zones studies that was, and the blue zones are the, the seven different regions in the world where they have the highest proportion of centenarians. One thing that's common between all those blue zones, so the so people that have like, you know, amazing longevity is that there is uh, a very strong community component to their culture. So that, that like, even um, so that, yeah, like it's just part of their culture to have that sense of community and have that sense of connection. And so like that's another thing that's telling us that, yes, relationships matter for quality of life and they also matter, like they can also like having strong relationships helps improve the quantity of your life as well. Um, and I think I mentioned that in the Aging Well well call and like when you talk to like my dad's seen a couple of different geriatricians like both of them have said that your connection and relationships are incredibly important for us as we age in terms of keeping um, you know, our quality of life uh, so yeah like relationships are so important important and um, that's why like I was really excited about and, I, and just my own experience in my life is like when I was intentional and did some work to intentionally improve my relationships, the quality of my life ex exponentially improved. So if you're going to invest you know, your time and attention on improving area, an area of your life, like improving your relationships and being, bringing intentionality into your relationships is a very good um, use of your resources. So let's delve into the 12 lessons from my marriage coach. So I'll link to, um, so my marriage coach, her name is Maggie Reyes and I'll link to her, uh, I'll link to her, her website and her, she has a podcast. So I'll link to those so you can check her out if you like. Uh, so I did her, she has a six month coaching program called the marriage MBA and it was a big investment. It was like 5,000 US dollars. So like at, the time it was about seven bit over seven thousand Australian dollars for this six months of coaching and it was a very good investment so 
you guys today for the like price of being part of the Naturally Healthy Club get to experience like $7,000 worth of coaching. <laughs> so um, yes, just wanted to set that scene so that you, um, yeah, like the, that you appreciate Maggie's work. Um, so yeah, we're just going to go through the 12, the 12 lessons. And, um, and yeah, the thing is that, yes, I've coached with Mary, Maggie on particularly on marriage, but the things that I learned from that apply to all relationships. Like, so it's like, yes, it improved my marriage, but it also improved my other relationships as well. And the other cool thing is like anything that we, when we're talking about relationships is that it also applies to your relationship with yourself. So it's not just your relationship with other people that benefit when you do this work. It's your like how you feel about yourself as well, which is incredibly, you know, that's such a beautiful gift and a, a really beautiful byproduct to have from this. So our first lesson, the first lesson I got from my marriage coach uh, that like from Maggie that was very impactful, I had like such a big impact on me was that your thoughts about your relationship determine your relationship. So if you remember back to our um, TEA, so our thoughts drive our emotions and they drive our actions. So if we're thinking thoughts about a relationship, certain like negative thoughts about the relationship, then we're going to be feeling negative emotion about it and our experience of the relationship will be like not so great. So like you're thinking like he doesn't care or uh, you know he doesn't make time for me or whatever like then you're going to be feeling disappointed and the way that you show up in the relationship is going to be you know less than stellar and then what happens is you get stuck in that like negative cycle of like then you're looking for more evidence that it's not working and that there's problems and you're seeing more problems and then you're thinking that's making you think more thoughts and you get stuck in that negative cycle whereas you can have exactly the same marriage and nothing can change apart from you changing your thoughts about it and then that's going to completely change your experience of the relationship like it's really crazy and actually in the early call someone asked me like how long into the coaching did it take for me to start to feel uh, like I like that I was getting benefits and that it was things were changing and it was really from the very first moment like from the very first month like when I really internalized this that it was up to me to like that I had the power to change the relationship by changing my thoughts about it and I actually started being intentional about the thoughts that I was thinking and I'll so I'll, we'll cover what some some of the specifics of that in some of the other lessons but that was like it was mad like that it just went from being like oh things I'm struggling here this isn't great to actually this isn't so bad like it just I've immediately felt better about the situation and the only thing that changed was my thoughts so if you take nothing away from like today's lesson but this idea that your thoughts about your relationships your thoughts about your friendships your thoughts about your parenting like that really determines what your like experiences of that then like it's going to change your life basically um it is it is that powerful so we will as we go through i'll actually share more examples of thoughts that were were really helpful but i can't i can't remember like no i think it's like it's possible the thought that i started out with was rather than thinking that things are not great i was intentionally started thinking the thought it's possible for me to improve my marriage and actually put that in my belief plan and that was something I was intentionally thinking every day it's possible for me to improve my marriage and that was like kind of the the first thought that got me feeling motivated it got me feeling inspired to do this work and from that place of possibility then like the way I the actions that I took were different and so of course then the marriage did improve Um, oh the other thing I wanted to say before we got started is it was like um, like when I say that things weren't great, it was, it was that, it was just that it wasn't like we were heading for divorce and we were fighting all the time. And it was like, you know, this big stressful, awful thing, but it was just, it was like, like before I did the work with Maggie, it was like, it wasn't, wasn't like, you know, could have, like, we could have continued on like that for a long time, but I knew it could be better. So that was the thing. It was like, because I knew about Maggie and I knew about 
you know, coaching and how and I'd seen how coaching had changed other areas of my life, I was like, yes, I'm open to this because I, I know it can be better. Um, so, yeah, just just to give you guys more, more context. So that's our first one is just this, the importance of our thoughts. I think like every lesson I ever do, it always just comes, comes down to our thoughts. And when we are more intentional about our thoughts and actually actively choosing thoughts that help us, like magic happens. It's so cool. Uh, so that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is that your romantic partner isn't supposed to meet all your needs and that you are actually responsible for meeting your needs. And this is like such a great lesson from Maggie in that like kind of modern culture and our like like the modern paradigm is that you know, your romantic relationship is meant to be this, like they're meant to be your soulmate. They're meant to they're meant to be your lover. They're meant to be your, your best friend. They're meant to be all these things. And it's like, whoa, like so much pressure on one relationship, so much pressure on one person to provide all these things. And so I love Maggie's approach of like, no, like let's not put all that pressure on that. And let's look like, let's first of all, take ownership and take that we are responsible for meeting our needs. And also that it's not only okay to meet those needs in different ways and with different relationships, that it's actually better to do that to so like you know to encourage like to be intentional with our friendships so that our friendships are meeting certain needs and you know in our parenting that though that can be meeting certain needs and so then it's like less pressure on this one person to be this perfect relationship like it's okay um so i, I yeah very very helpful to like just take that pressure off and and also to, to like step into like uh, yeah, I'm responsible for this. I have agency over this. Like, so, so fun. So number three is that it only takes one to change. And Maggie talks about systems theory, which I'm not sure if it's from physics or from psychology, but the theory of in systems theory is that, that when one, um, one element in a system changes, that the whole system changes. And so this is really great for relationships to understand from relationships because when we do work on us with our, on ourselves, when we change ourselves and we change our thoughts, then the whole, it's not just us that changes and our experience that changes, it's the whole relationship that changes. So which is really great news because then it means that we don't have to necessarily go to couples counselling and we don't have to get the other person in the relationship to do anything because we like our we actually are very powerful and we have this ability to by us making that that choice of changing ourselves then we're able to actually change the whole the whole relationship and the whole whole marriage and that was certainly my experience and one of the reasons I wanted to work with Maggie was that like you know Glenn I went in a place where we like needed to go to couples counseling like couples therapy together and also like you know, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been up for it anyway and I wouldn't like having to convince or having to inspire someone else to take to do work is like that's really really tricky so I love this idea that yeah it only takes one to change so any relationship that you're not 100% happy with this is great news because by you changing your thoughts about the relationship you're able to change the whole relationship um, okay, so lesson number four was around this idea of teamwork and Maggie's, yeah, like, and actually seeing the relationship as a team. And this is so powerful because often what happens is, particularly like if there's any conflict, is that you know, we start seeing each other, like, and only seeing the situation from our perspective and defending ourselves and, um, yeah, like, actually Combating, combating heads and you're spending all this energy like kind of uh, um, fighting against each other whereas the other option is if you're like you is working as a team then you recognize that like that that you like when you um, when you're in a certain situation rather than only seeing things from your perspective and from what you want you're able to see things from the other person's perspective and what what they want and also then you have this, like, when you're seeing it that as, yeah, we're a team, we want the same things, it just removes a lot of that adversarial kind of dynamic and, 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 it, and it helps you start being working in a more cooperative way to find solutions that 
that work for both of you. And the key thought that I find that really helpful in this is just this thought, like, I'm on your side or like actually telling the person, I'm on your side, like we want the same thing. Or just reminding myself in my head, it's like, he's on my side. Like he actually, even though it does cannot, sometimes it feels like it's a bit confrontational, he actually, he wants, he wants this relationship to succeed. Like he's on my side as well. And the teamwork thing is huge because it just shifts your focus and it shifts your problem solving from being combative and like only looking out for your own interests to like kind of more altruistic where you're looking out for the interests of the group. And this idea of teamwork was like, has been really helpful um, in marriage stuff, but it's also been great for parenting. And so what we've um, kind of created after doing this um, coaching with Maggie and Glenn and I working together as a team, it's like, well, of course, the next extension is to extend that out to the family. And so like the family unit is a team. And so it means that whenever we have problems or conflict or whatever, rather than like the parents dictating down that this is how it's going to be, like we come together as a family and we go, okay, like, like, and we work through the situation with each of us, like using our, um, like the, the four of us actually coming to get up with solutions rather than it just being up to me and Glenn to come up with the solutions. It's like, we're able to come up to solution with solutions together. And this is great because, you know, like if you're involved in deciding what a solution, like solving a problem, then you're way more likely to like take that on and, or, and to implement it if you have that kind of buy-in for it. And also uh, the other cool thing is like, like the, like you're tapping into like, there's more, more, more wisdom there. Like when there's more people, more brains on a problem that like, that's really fun. And just like, it also means that problems aren't because you know, like, Hey, we can, we can solve this as a problem, as a team, like as a family, then it just makes it easier to, when, when problems do arise, it's not such a big drama because you go, okay, now we can come together on this. And so we had a great example recently of, uh, in our family of like swearing and just like, uh, so Glenn swears a lot and I'm kind of, I swear a bit, but not crazily. And then we actually had this Fimbo was at a birthday party and he wrote the F word on in text on like they'd had a this box set up and like in front of all these people. And so we were like, okay, it's like, okay, we need to do something about the swearing situation. But rather than me and Glenn dictate, okay, no swearing for kids, but Glenn's gonna swear like a trooper, we like we came together as a family and we actually discussed like what do we want our policy to be like on as a family? And like came up with the solution that we're and then we actually met again like a couple of weeks later to check in and see how we're going and we're due to like check in about that as well but we came up with an idea that we actually wanted as a family we didn't really want to be swearing all the time and that we would like encourage and that the solution was that like just when someone did like swear or that we were going to just remind them, hey, that's not what we want to do as a family. And so, like, from doing that, it's like, it's yeah, it was it was a really bonding experience. And yeah, the, there's still a work in progress on the actual change in um, language for some family members. But it's like I think like that gave us a sense of connection. Is that okay? We've got this problem, and we're all working on it together. And so my theory is because Global's ten, so like I definitely early on in this journey of like having got to the pay, play parenting of teenagers phase but my um my I get my hope I guess is that because we have we've put in this like teamwork culture now is then as problems arise with with you know and bigger problems arise with teenage stuff that we will be able to work through those rather than it being like you know combative or like you know them checking out and and not um not engaging so it will be interesting to see and see how we go with that but yeah like we've got that um we've got that that culture in place and that's one something that i'm going to continue to like actively like intentionally cultivate so that at least the lines of communication are open um so yeah the teamwork thing huge uh, the next lesson is around acceptance and this is so great because so much angst and uh, 
yeah, like negative emotion that comes up in relationships is when we argue with reality, when we start wish that things were different to how they are. So when we're thinking they should, shouldn't be doing this or they should be doing that, like when people aren't meeting our expectations, that causes so much suffering. And so the antidote to that is to actually actively like, like accept the other person for just who they are, like being human. And I'll link to, there's a um, resource in the, um, in the, um, in the, in the circle group. And so Maggie, actually, one of my first bits of homework in the coaching was to actively practice acceptance. And so there's a, um, a meditation that I was doing every day to actually tune in and set that intention that I was going to accept situations, circumstances and events as they occurred. And I actually would say to myself, like, I accept GB, I accept GB. And like also working on self-acceptance as well. And the really magical thing about actively accepting people for who they are is that it removes all, all that kind of negativity like that you're piling on about the shoulds, but it also then frees you up to actually see like the, the quality, positive, positive qualities that you can be that you can be missing when you're focused on all the things that they aren't doing. Like then you, it kind of frees you up to say, oh, actually they are doing a really good job at being a dad. They are doing a really good job at, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, they are like, they do have an amazing sense of humor. And so it just, you're, again, it's just like changing your thoughts, but when you're accepting them, then you get to appreciate their, um, yeah, their, the positive qualities and it also removes that kind of pressure to make things different like when you're able to accept things for how they are there's none of this like urgency or like I've got to like change this relationship right now it just and it gives you that that kind of longer term perspective as well so as a first step to like making any changes I'd really recommend if you if there is a relationship that, you, that you're kind of struggling with actually actively what doing some acceptance work is a really great place to start. Um, so I'll, I'll link to that that meditation so that you can you could you might like to add that into like your daily practice and just do it for like a couple of like do an experiment where you do it for a week and just see how that feels. Okay, lesson number six for Maggie is, uh, and actually that reminds me if I'm, in terms was that that first I should have mentioned that first lesson around your thoughts about your relationship determine your relationship a another good place so acceptance is a, is a great place to start and another really great place to start around changing any relationship is to like do the exercise of just writing doing a brain dump like writing down what are all your current thoughts about the relationship so that you can get them out of your head and get them on, out on paper and then once you've got them in front of you, actually like going through and thinking, okay, which of these thoughts are helping me and which of them do I just want to let go of um, and or which of them I know aren't helpful and like and then also then intentionally like finding a new thought to replace it with um, is it's like that's, that's something that an exercise that you could go through on your own when you like, and actually coming up with a belief plan of like what do thoughts, intentional thoughts do I want to be thinking about this relationship um, is that will go a long way to helping you change. So in terms of like kind of the practical how-tos of it, um, doing that exercise, like doing that thought download exercise and then coming up with a belief plan of like intentional thoughts that you want to think uh, is great and including um, some acceptance in in that would be perfect place to start uh yeah so acceptance huge acceptance of everything so you radical you know because I'm, I love my radical acceptance so yeah I could talk about acceptance all day um next lesson is number six which is around this idea of what Maggie calls pain bodies and what that means is so what pain bodies are is that when we have a wound, like an emotion, it can be an emotion wound or it could be a physical wound. And it's like, if you think about it, if you've got a cut on your hand, like, so normally if your hand is fine and you don't have a cut on your hand, if someone like touches your hand or even slaps your hand, 
it's not going to be a big deal. You're not going to like, it's like, oh, out, it might be out if they've slapped you, but if they touch your hand, it might actually be nice and welcoming. Whereas if you've got a cut on your hand that's sore and it hasn't healed properly, when someone touches you there, it's the same reaction of someone, some same action of someone just touching you there. But your reaction is very different because you're like, oh, that's like, you know, I'm sore, I'm tender there. And so you can imagine if like you've got that cut and it hasn't healed and then someone's actually slapping you again and again and again with it, like that, how painful that, that will be. And so the same thing, like it kind of humans work in a similar way with emotional, with emotional wounds. And so, so what pain bodies are, so what, and how that can show up and how it showed up for me was, uh, like there were certain certain situations where I would completely overreact to what was going on. And at the time I would know that I was overreacting, but I would have just this strong, visceral, like rage that would come out uh, triggered by like a seemingly inconsequential thing. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like it was actually really scary. And because like, I'm normally a pretty chill, like relaxed, calm person and like for me to have such a strong emotional response to something that like afterwards I'd be like what am I doing like this isn't such a big deal but I knew that like intellectually it didn't feel like a big deal but in those moments emotionally it was like there was a strong reaction and so it was great to coach with Maggie because she like explained to me about this idea of pain bodies and so what it was was like um that I was having a strong reaction because like of the like kind of level, like the, the pain over time that had built up and that hadn't been healed. This was like a trigger to like releasing all that pain. And so like to give you, so you can understand better, like the specific example was, so Glenn had, had a lot of problems with IBS. And so he went from being able to eat most things and wanting to eat most things to being like incredibly difficult to cook for. And I would like, make something and he would like screw up his face out of be like uh like two-year-olds do and when they're two like that's a kind of part of it so you expect that but when it's like your partner and also when food's such a big part of the connection between you like it was really hurtful and so over time like like so many times I would like and he's like had this look on his face about like yeah like just a distaste and that like really hurt me and I think like like it was such an important thing for me because you know, food is such a big part, part of my life. And one of the ways that I like show love and uh, is to like take care of my, my people that I love and to cook for them is one of those ways that I do that. So when they're like rejecting that, like that really hurt. And so then over time, like this has been happening over a couple of years, he'd been struggling with this thing. Um, it's definitely getting better now, but like over time that had built up and that pain had like all those like, like little incidents had actually built up to be quite a big wound that was then so fragile that like one little like funny look and it would set me off and so it was so great to unpack that and understand it and like forgive myself and like accept that that's where I was at for it and then now like sometimes I do get a little bit triggered like but it's like I can see what's happening like oh yeah this is just that old like wound coming up and then like feeling like recognizing that means that in the moment if I do starting to feel a little bit triggered I'm like oh yeah that's just that old wound coming up this is okay he doesn't mean like he doesn't mean to reject be rejecting me and like it's not about me it's just about the food and just like that calm has calmed it down whereas it's like essentially not a problem like so yeah like it went from being this big thing that was a happening a lot that was freaking me out to being like kind of like not a not a not a thing at all so um you may have something in your like if you ever do come across something in your relationships where it's like you are finding yourself overreacting like out of proportion and it's freaking you out like it's probably to if you dig a little bit deeper it's probably a pain body so just understanding that was so helpful okay next lesson from maggie is just a beautiful question how was your day honey (laughs) how was your day and this, uh, so Maggie does a, is you know, really up on the research. There's a lot of research that's happening like around marriage and relationships, of course, because it's such an important part of human life. And one thing that like the research shows is that that couple or really strong relationships tend to uh, have that um, where they're like sharing 
information like there's that, that that sense of connection that we get from sharing how like sharing what's going on with us and this question of like just asking how your day how was your day um that's a really great habit to get into where they'd like actually research and the couples that do that ask each other how their day was like are way more likely to be having better relationships than the couples that don't check in with each other and this is like so it's yeah it's just a, a really simple like kind of tra- practical thing that you can do is to build that habit and set that intention of just asking like how was your day maybe it's at dinner time or you might like to do it like you'll like you could do it at any time of the day like asking how your day was or maybe it's when they first come home or maybe when you first or maybe after dinner and you're sitting on the couch together like just asking how your day but just having that little habit of checking in like most days is incredibly powerful okay lesson number eight is no complaining and no defending and this is like actually Maggie got us to do like experiments (laughs) where we would actually set the intention of not complaining about stuff and not defending ourselves uh, for a week just to see how that improved our like what an impact that had had on the relationship and because the thing is like when we're complaining about things we're like you know just turning up like yeah this is wrong putting fingers and like pointing out the negatives without offering solutions so by actually making an intention not to complain then we're able to approach any problems or anything that we don't like from a more solution focused angle rather than this like problem like complaining problem space and when we approach any conversations or any change that we want to happen from a more positive place of course the result that we get is very different because and if you think about it yourself if someone just comes and like complains to you you're like uh <laughs> um it doesn't feel so great. Whereas when someone says, Hey, look, this isn't so, I'm, I'm not so, so happy about this. Yeah. And coming with a solution focus, like it's a completely different experience. And so that's the no complaining. And then the no defending piece that comes in. So, like when you are having conflict and you are having, um, like you are like, you know, arguing about something if what often happens is if we like, you know, start defending our position, like, yes, I did, I was right, you were wrong, I was right, you were wrong, then that just puts more distance between you and makes the like ability to jump that um, divide even like more difficult. So by actually setting the intention, like I'm not going to defend myself because a lot of arguments are like us. So whatever happens, happen, but then we spend a lot of time um, in the argument, like stating our case, like defending ourselves for what, why we did what we did. Whereas so if you stop doing that, then you're able to, again, get to the solution focused place a lot easier. And that when you go, oh, actually that wasn't my intention. Like I didn't want that to happen. Then it just makes it much easier to get to the solution. Whereas if you're putting in your, like you're really digging your heels in for like the battle about how you were, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. It just, it makes it so much harder. So those two, are, uh, yeah, go, go together and it's just a much nicer way to approach relationships. Okay, number nine is requests versus demands and highly recommend requesting things rather than making demands of people. But what we often do in relationships is, um, is actually make demands. So we've got something that we'd like to happen and it's funny because if we were asking it of a stranger, if we wanted a stranger to do something, we wouldn't go over and just demand that they do it. But what we do in our relationships, you know, particularly as parents and in romantic relationships, is we like make these demands of like just pick up your towel or um, you know, it's like kind of barking order orders. And uh, whereas if we approach, if we go, okay, I there's something I'd like to happen. And I'm going to make a request of you, like, I'd really love this to happen, acknowledging that it's up to you to decide whether you do this or not. When you approach it from the request place, then magically, like, people want to do what you request way more often (laughs) than if you've just demanded of them to to do something. So, for example, um, with, you know, in our house, so it's Glenn's job to unpack the dishwasher. So... I could be thinking, I would be, I could be like, hey, can you unpack like unpack the dishwasher? 
or you haven't unpacked the dishwasher yet, like accusing, like demanding, like you haven't done it yet. And also with this subtext of like, I shouldn't, or I shouldn't have to remind you to unpack the dishwasher. If I'm making demands in that way, like he's going to feel defensive and he's not going to feel like very inspired to do it. Whereas if I just go, Hey, can you unpack the dishwasher? I need it soon. Like he's way more likely to do it. And in fact, the dishwasher gets unpacked most of the time without me having to ask. But these days, if I do, if it isn't ready and I, I just, rather than me going into, I shouldn't have to remind you, like if I just go, Hey, can you, you know, just got a request, would you be able to unpack the dishwasher in the next half hour? Like it happens, you know, generally in the next half hour. So yeah, this is a really great request or a great way to get what you want. Um, so yeah, highly recommend just anytime you're, um, you're asking someone or something of someone to approach it with this request rather than demand as um way of way of just thinking about how can I frame this as a request um and even I often I've even say like, I've got a request um you know how would you guys feel about whatever and yeah like oftentimes they'll be like yeah cool I'm cool with that like yeah and it's it's just it's a really nice way to approach things particularly like as a parent as well not just in um, other relationships Okay, number 10 is to prioritize couple time or relationship time, like time together, together time. So if there's someone that you want to improve your relationship with, like actually making a priority to um, have time where you are connecting. And that actually, you know, it doesn't have to be in-person time. It could be that you're making time for phone calls or making time for Zoom or whatever, um, but actually prioritizing couple, like, relationship time it has a huge impact and again like when you're looking at the when you look at the research couples that are like you know that divorce when they ask them like how much time did they actually spend together as you know as a couple it's very little like they're kind of living separate lives um, whereas the couples that tend to stay together they have some sort of connected time as part of their like daily life or their regular life and so one thing that I did when I started working with Maggie was actually implement that we would have couch time like after the boys get tucked into bed that we would sit on the couch just for and some days it might be like five minutes some days it might be longer but just to have that little couple time where we were like yeah just hanging out as a couple so and just which opened up the lines of communication so that we could be um be talking about things and just feeling that that sense of connection and that was very very helpful um and the other thing was like being intentional about having date nights or and another thing you might like to to explore is like actually cultivating shared interests where you're having like leisure time together whether that's you know you want to both stop playing golf or um lisa mentioned on the call this morning that she and her husband have bought e-bikes and so they've been like you know riding to get their bikes together um which they're really loving or um yeah like and or like other shared interests and actually the shared interest that glenn and i have been cultivating is the sex see the sex lesson for that one and um yeah that's been really really beautiful as well so it's just like if you um yeah, if you do want to improve your relationships, actually prioritizing time together is a is a excellent thing to do. Because if you're not like having time with each other, but then like that makes it harder to have a strong relationship. Um, so yeah, that's something to think about. Like, how could you add that in? And it doesn't have to be big. Like those five minutes, those couch. Some literally sometimes it was five minutes on the couch, and then I'd be like, like a you know, I'd be time for me to go have my shower and get ready for bed. Um, but it made made a world of difference because apart from that, like you know, there weren't any really times during the day where we would like because you know, at dinner time it was like family time, and so yeah, just having that dedicated couples time was really fun. Okay, number 11 is that tiny habits count. And so this is a lesson in that like doing little things, like having little projects that you're working on and adding in like small um, small things can have a huge impact on your experience of your relationship. So like you might be just thinking an intentional thought each day about your relationship and actually adding that into your belief plan or I had this couple of that I wanted to share 
like, I'm not sure where I picked this up, but one is like um, giving Glenn a compliment every day. So that's a habit that I actually actively work on. And I don't have a particular time that I give him the compliment, but I'm just, I set that intention. And so when I track my habits, I'm like, just think through, did I, did I compliment him today? And if I didn't, then I set that intention, like, no, tomorrow I'm going to make sure. And sometimes it's just like, you know, those jeans look great or, um, you know, he, like he loves music and so like you know actually noticing the music that he's playing and say hey like great choice of tunes like it's little things but just like any interaction where you're actually because often what happens is when we're in relationships like like, all the negative thoughts and we're like thinking about all the like the things that they've left in the all the like the you know think the mess that they left in the bathroom and the things that they didn't do so actually training our brain to again look overcome that negative bias and look for the positives is really um, is a very good habit to get into so I love that one and the other habit tiny habit that I've implemented that I've actually been a bit slack on just doing this training I was like oh I want to get back to that is actually giving him a hug when he comes home so at the end of the day like whatever I'm doing which is usually cooking dinner like just pausing that for a minute and then just you know finding him a like giving him a hug and like welcoming him home it's like you know it takes me a couple a minute maybe two minutes max to actually do that and then get back to what I was doing but it's just it's a very it's a really nice gesture and we also get a little bit of oxytocin from the hug um so yeah like that's a really fun thing to do um okay so yeah tiny habits count so thinking about like you know what's one tiny thing that I can start doing and it might be just you know adding in a hug an intentional hug or it might be like adding in some couch time together or doing having that compliment one um but yeah like it can go a long way to changing your your relationships okay and then our last lesson which isn't super relationship focused but as I was going through my notes from Maggie I uh, I found this note that she'd actually posted in the Facebook group that I felt was so impactful for me that I actually copied it copied it into my notes so I just thought I would include this here because it's from Maggie but it's uh, and you know we're all getting exactly what we need when we need it so this will be helpful for for you on some level at some point um, but the it was around this idea is that it's safe for me to be seen so that's actually a thought that I have in my belief plan and so Maggie had posted in the um, marriage Facebook groups and I'll just read what she said. So she said, I recently gave myself permission to be seen from an exercise with coach Jen Navarro. Um, and so this is Maggie talking. She's And she said this one sentence, like so many famous people uh, have so many issues because energetically they haven't given themselves and the world permission to be fully seen. And she, she said it better, but that was the gist of it. So listening to her, I gave myself that permission. And then I got and then I got asked to be on a podcast interview for my coaching school. I was invited for an um, expert panel of colleagues. My quote is in my coach's ads and the inspiration. And I had the inspiration to write a letter about my work with my coach, with my own coach, and she ended up sending it to her entire community. I also got invited to guest coach on another coach's program. And I'm just being seen everywhere. I was thinking about this and how powerful giving ourselves permission is. And so then Maggie said, like, what do you crave permission for or permission to be, permission to do or permission to have? So that's a great question to ask yourself. Like, is it permission to tell the truth, permission to feel safe or safer, permission to speak up? permission to listen to your intuition, permission to love your body, permission to trust your instincts, permission to unleash whatever um, whatever wants to come out for you. The trick is I can't give you permission. You have to give it to yourself. So what do you want to give yourself permission for? And for me, that was like this idea about being safe to be seen. So but of course, for you, it could be whatever comes up for you. Just know, trust your instincts and know that that's the right thing. Um, but yeah, we have that ability, like actually to give ourselves permission and it can change, like it can be a very, it can be quite a life-changing thing. So so that's it. 12 lessons from Maggie. So I'll just re- recap those. So your thoughts about your relationship determine your relationship. 
your romantic partner isn't supposed to meet all your needs. You are responsible for that. It only, so system theory, it only takes one element to change, and that can be you. Teamwork, number five was acceptance. Number six was this idea about pain bodies. Number seven, the simple question, how was your day? Number eight, no complaining, no defending. Number nine, thinking about um, approaching things from like requests, making requests instead of making demands, um, prioritizing couple time or relationship time, um, tiny habits count, and the last one was it's safe for me to, to be seen. So that is it for today's lesson. So does anyone have any thoughts or any coaching or questions that you'd like to cover off before we wrap up? Just unmute yourself if you can. No dramas if you don't. No, we're good. Okay, yeah. So this is like moving forward with this. It's like there's again, like with all these lessons, there's so much to do. You <laughs> know, there's so many um, things that I've included, and just really, if you're going to focus on one thing, I think the very first step is just is that acceptance piece, and then when you're ready, like to be a bit more intentional about it like actually doing that exercise of uncovering your thoughts and choosing intentional thoughts but actually just starting with adding acceptance some acceptance practice into your um into your day it is a really great place if you do want to, when you are wanting to change your um, relationships so I'll post the re with the replay. I'll post the resources. So I'll link to Maggie's podcast and listening to Maggie's podcast. If you, when you are in a space where you want to improve your mag your relationships, it's very inspirational. So um, she also has uh, some courses. She has a like a kind of lower price course apart from the coaching that I did that might you might like to check out. Uh, and I'll link to the acceptance meditation. And I'll also link to a book that I didn't mention today, but um, a book by a guy called Joe Polish, who's an internet marketer. Um, but he's written a great book about, um, he's really great at connecting and connecting people. And so he wrote a really great book around like relationships that's not, that's more uh, around like all relationships rather than specifically marriage stuff, which uh, I read earlier in the year and I'm going to come back and start in to implement some of the things that he recommends in that book. So, but it all comes down to just being more intentional. So great. That's it for this week. Yes. Yeah, so uh, your home play, just remember we change best when we feel good. So your home play, we want to keep this um, culture of celebration happening in the Naturally Healthy Club. So invite you to just share one tiny win in the group this week so just when you notice something it could be about anything it could be relationships it could be food it could be whatever um yeah just like when you notice something share it in the share it in the group because we all we do change best when we feel good and then when you like celebrate what is working for you like that has a compound effect on every on the rest of the group as well okay Great. We might wrap up there. Have a beautiful week, everyone. And yes, yeah, so next week we're back to Naturally Healthy Club week one for the September 2023 group. Um, so yeah, excited to dive in there and get ready for experiencing Naturally Healthy Club in a more simplified, more powerful way. Um, okay. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye.